10.06 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm here with my Bali crew, Alex Bloomberg, my sister, and her very lovely boyfriend, Brady Oliveira. How are y'all doing tonight, my friends? Good, man. Heating it up in the sauna. Heating up, yeah. How are you doing, Alex? Nice and sweaty. Nice and sweaty. I love it. Yeah, so they came by tonight for a quick sauna sesh. This was definitely part of our daily ritual in Bali. We love to go to this place called Body Factory, and we would hit up that sauna. Good times, no? Best times. The best times. That was probably, like, the best, like, one of the best parts of Bali was just having that, like, set routine. Yeah. yeah. And that routine of, you know, going to this amazing gym with so many like-minded individuals, um, which was, that was, like, the greatest part about it. But then you add, you know, the recovery component to this this amazing gym in yeah. a beautiful part of the world. And they got, you know, hot tubs, cold tubs, sauna, and, you know, adding that cold exposure to your day and the hot exposure to your day really just really just impacts your day in like a very positive way so i'm glad we're sitting back in in the sauna not in bali but we'll make do with it here in winnipeg we'll make do because man we can't lift another great cup from bali right the work was going in there but the work comes back home right especially here in the snow we gotta get ready for man the work was going down in bali but we gotta wherever we go we gotta continue the work and uh you know the goal stays the same to you know win another win another championship and uh, you know we're back in Winnipeg and the work work continues and we're we're about 39 days away from training camp so it's it's gonna be a good one. That's dope, one, man. I'm excited for you guys as always and you know this was just a spontaneous get together and we were just talking about Bali and self care and routines and I thought I talked to Bral. Braddy and Alex. Braddy. <laughs> it was Braddy. That's everyone, what... everyone in Bali was calling me Braddy. Braddy. Yeah, when the Gojeks and the scooters would come, like out in Bali, you get like a ride for like a dollar everywhere. It's yeah. wild. You hop it, on the back of it. It was Braddy and I was a man. You were a man. And every time they're like, oh, you're a female. I'm like, yes. I am. I am yeah. a female. I identify as female. Absolutely. <laughs> So Brady said his favorite thing about going to Bali was definitely, I mean, obviously we want to talk about the dog rescue stuff too. And that's really the main reason I wanted to have Alex and Brady on spontaneously because I got to have a firsthand look into just some of the work that they did. But aside from the dog rescue, Alex, what was your favorite part about Bali? I think for me, like I've traveled lots of places for long periods of time. And Bali was the first time that I traveled that I actually felt like the healthiest happiest version of myself because it had all of those things that cater to living like a very healthy happy lifestyle so for me like that was that was huge like being able to do the rescue stuff which we love to do but then also being able to have this like routine and eat healthy and go to the gym for very affordable prices and be in warm weather swim in the ocean like it was just yeah everything all in one it's almost like this concept, like, you know, the jets are fueled by passion. I think there's this idea, I said fueled by passion, awesome. passion, but fueled by Bali. Like, the person that you can really become in other locations is, a friend of mine sent me this Instagram the other day, and he said, bro, a can of Coke is $1.50 at 7-Eleven, it's two fifty in a vending machine, it's $5 at a nightclub, and it's $8 at a baseball game. The Coke remains the same. The one thing that changes is its location the and the value, the environment. So the effect that your environment can have on you as an individual is so profound. You can try and think your way beyond everything. People in the mind is an oh-so-powerful tool. But I will tell you firsthand that the frequencies and vibrations that are emitted from Mother Bali are a real thing. I think we all experience well, that. Yeah. I can agree. Yeah. Like, test, like, for sure, talk about that. I think me personally and people, you know, 
if you know me or you don't know me, um, you know, people would probably always say, you know, that Brady guy, you know, he always has a smile on his face. He's always a, you know, a happy guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and then that's very true. But when you're talking about, you know, environments and that, that Coke analogy, you know, that kind of Coke stays the same, but the price goes up totally. in a different environment. And I felt, you know, me being in Bali, my, you know, my level of, you know, energy and joy and all those good things were just through the roof in Bali. And totally. I think it was just, you're, you're surrounded by so many like-minded individuals out there. We were pursuing the passion of what we do, you know, in the animal rescue or animal rescue mission. Um, yeah, it was just like the, the, the vibe out there is just different, man. And it's really hard to explain. Like I, I people need to experience it themselves, mm. but I just know how I am here in Winnipeg or other places that I go to always a happy dude, but Bali, you know, you wake up every day and you're just happy. You don't even have to work on it. It's it's just, it is what it is when you're in Bali. That's the lifestyle. No, totally. And, and I think you hit it nail on the nail on the head, like this idea that it, it really comes down to, at the end of the day, that experience, that experience being the teacher and just feeling into what it is. And of course, like wherever you go, you always pack yourself. So, I mean, I want to be so clear here, Bali or any place on the map should never be an escape from self. I can speak to one. I've had definitely spouts of what I deem to be escapism travel, where you pack a bag and you just kind of leave your problems, quote unquote, behind. But I promise you, my friends, they're waiting for you when you come back. So always continue to do your best to work in, on cultivating your best self. And of course, places like Bali, environments like that, like the can of Coke itself always has value. You always have value, but definitely you can enhance your good feeling vibrations by being in a different environment, a little more uh, attraction, just like that can of Coke, you know, on a, at a ball game. But yeah, um, guys, because we're doing the sauna, we're going to take a quick t 15 yeah, second break, hot. cool down here, and we're going to continue with the dog rescue because we for the next like seven to eight minutes just want to share some of the amazing stuff that went down in bali with some of the dog rescues a quick few updates we'll be right back with you ktla five at five traffic report coming soon the weather sucks here oh no ladle away let them hear the sounds of the sauna we're ladling my ladle lady oh feel the steam there we go we steaming you know i'm steaming like willie beaming 35 mm. minutes 35 minutes, yeah. Stay patient, my friends. Okay. We We're getting back to it. And I think where we left off after the KTLA 5 at 5 weather report was just going to run through quickly some of the amazing rescue work that Alex and Brady did. And that's why it's so important to hold gratitude for things in your life that you don't even know are coming your way. I had no interest, intent, desire to ever go to Bali. But when I met Alex and Brady there because they were going there i just felt called to check it out i didn't do any research i didn't look at nothing i just packed a bag and went put trust in the process and whew, it delivered straight up we are aware. but let me tell you this one thing you'll notice about bali is a wide wide range of stray dogs some in dire straits awful condition and i just wanted brady and alex to speak on it quickly i mean there were several different rescue missions out there but the one that kind of connected me right away um, that I was showing people on Instagram were Zoe, Bodhi, and Suki. And what can you tell me about those little three quickly? We we found them, what was it like? It was like the third day, the third third day, day. of our trip. It was like we landed at Bali and it's like, shoot, our, our rescue mission's already yeah. starting. Like, yeah. We just got here. We didn't even unpack our suitcase that it felt like. Wow. Yeah, our driver was like... Let's go to this market. There's always dogs here. And we're like, okay, yeah, sounds good. We're walking around this market. There really wasn't that many dogs. We saw, like, a few dogs that were, like, very, they were fine. Like, they were well-kept and stuff. 
And then we're about to leave, and Brady looks down, like he almost, almost stepped on her. She's oh. like one kilo, which is yeah. what, like two and a half pounds. This tiny little, she looked like a little gerbil. Yeah. And so he scooped her up, and we're like, oh my God, she was just like roaming. This chick, she looked so lost and confused. So our driver, you know, asked around to local people, just making sure she didn't belong to anybody. And they were like, oh, she was dumped here, you know, a night or two ago. And like the people don't want her. So we're like, okay, like we're taking her. Um, and it was the Sukawati market. So that's why we named her Suki. Um, and then we were like, okay, well, we'll get her to the vet. And the driver was like, well, I saw these two other puppies at this other spot, like a week or so ago. Can they were we go pretty, check on them? Yeah, he's like, they're pretty rough condition. Yeah. Like, I don't know if they'll still be there. Like, maybe we can go check. We're like. Ah, like, what's two more, whatever, like, you know. Yeah, so we, he took us to the spot, and I remember uh, asking him, like, hey, like, you know, where are they? He's like, oh, pointing, pointing to me, oh, they're over there. So I walk up there, and I spotted Bodie first, and then I saw Zoe, and they're underneath this little, like, hut-looking thing, and just in, like, dire need, man. Like, they're just mangy and yeah. had scabies and just... They really left for dead, let's be honest. Yeah, like, no, no, no one was there to help them, man. Like, yeah. they were just, you know, had, had no fresh food, no fresh water, like... So, they had nothing. They had no food at all. They, they, had, they had nothing at all. And they had, you know, bugs on them and yeah. ticks, fleas. So we obviously took those two and we took all three of them to the vet and... You know, fast forward a little bit, we, you know, Alex and I spent a lot of our energy, you know, transforming them to some healthy pups. And oh, yeah. next thing you know, you know, Suki, Zoe and Bodhi are all now like the three best friends, like ripping around in our nice villa, like luxury living. They coming from the street to this nice villa. Totally. Like, that's what it's all about, man. And then obviously, you know, seeing them, all three of them get adopted, Zoe and Bodhi, you know, getting adopted together, you know, they were inseparable and they found that forever home as a package and Suki getting adopted to actually a Canadian family from Vancouver that lives in Bali full time. Like that's, that's what makes it all worth it. I mean, Alex and I see some shit that we wish we can unsee, Yeah. but I mean, what makes it all worth it at the end and wants us and makes us want to keep on fighting and keep on doing this is, you know, seeing dogs get that chance at the good life and, oh. and getting adopted to a good family. So all in all, man, that rescue mission was good, man. Those are just three dogs that we rescued, and we rescued a lot more during our mission yeah. trip there. But it was uh, overall, Alex and I got some some good work done there, man. No, it was unreal to, to see as well, and, and you know, just to be a part of an experience what you guys do on a daily basis. I mean, everybody in life we see the end product; these dogs getting adopted, but just what goes into it from the raw diets, constant medication throughout the day, just you know, checking in, you know, giving the dogs love, etc. So. Yeah, we had some good times at those pups as well. And yeah. I remember the one rescue we did as well. We were up in Uluwatu oh, yeah. going to the hotel. It was kind of like a break from it all. We were going to see Fisher, DJ, you know. That, that weekend little... was yeah. sick, man. We're, we're going to go to this nice place, nice yeah. beach beach vibe part of Bali. We had go see Fisher. Dog yeah. center for the dogs. Yeah, Dr. everyone. Man, I'll, we were going to go see, well, we saw Fisher. We saw Fisher. And it was, I'm like, man, this is going to be the best weekend. Like, get away from the dogs a little totally. bit. Like, go chill out and shit. And then we got, and then like, you know, we were out there on a mission to, there's always a few dogs that, you know, are sent to Alex and Brady where they might be in this location. This location is like a 30 kilometer radius. We're asking locals. We're like trying to show pictures of the dogs. No luck. All of a sudden we're on this beach and Alex and Brady, and it was like some MacGyver-esque shit because you have to understand without any resources, they basically untied an umbrella string and tried to wrangle up what could have been a 12 to 14 year old dog pussing her eyes. I'm telling you, this dog was blind as a bat, scared as could be. And she was taking a little bit of food. She was using her nose to scent. And finally, after about two hours, and even in my mind, I was like, 
I wouldn't say it out loud at the time, but I remember thinking, like, I wonder when they'll give up. Like, I'm never going to be like, yo, y'all should give up. Like, but at that point, I'm being honest, I don't know if I would have stayed. And they weren't giving up. And that's what I think is just so important here. Like, they were on a mission. And the mission was to rescue a dog named Otis, who, you know, now rest in peace, but at least had the chance and opportunity. Fast forward, Otis was rescued, introduced to an amazing young girl, Mia, who has a healing sanctuary, who met us at the vet clinic. Got Otis in, but unfortunately, in the end, they had brought Otis back. I was in Ubud, and I remember just how devastated they were that Otis was just too weak, you know, and we did everything we could. Yeah, I mean, I feel he would have, he would have passed regardless on that beach probably any day. Yeah. Um, at least, you know, we were able to give him some comfort and, <clears throat> sorry. I know the emotions are real. Yeah. Um, IV treatment so that he was hydrated and we ended up making the decision that was best for him was just to let him go. Um, and it's never easy being one to decide that, but when, when she was giving him the drug, like, he he almost passed before it was even yeah. in him. Like he was just like, thank you. Like he was suffering. So like it was he was ready. Well, um, and well, we actually had gone out. Yeah. On a mission while he was at the vet because we're like we're gonna try one more IV just totally. see if his kidney levels come up. And we come across this little puppy Holly, who oh. the lady that we did the rescue run with had been trying to get for like a week, and every time she got close to it, would run back into this hole. It was at the cemetery, getting picked on by bigger dogs. And it just came out, like it came out to us. We grabbed her and it was like, it was easy. She was just like ready to be taken. And that's when we found out, you know, I looked at my phone and the vet said like, it's time you guys need to come back. Like we need to let Otis go. Yeah. And we were like, Otis sent us Holly to say like, you couldn't save me, but like you can save her and like you can keep saving dogs just because like this happened and you couldn't, we couldn't save him. So it was just like a really beautiful moment as well as a very sad moment, but having Holly really like yeah really kept our spirits up that like you know we have to just keep going it doesn't really matter how hard it's not for us it's for the dog totally like if we wanted to stop every time shit got hard well fuck I would have stopped rescuing 10 years ago yeah like and I think that was a magical thing like what a moment I mean we tried our hardest with Otis and gave him you know that taste of the good life for you know a short amount of time but um it was almost a sign like Alex was saying you know you guys can't save me you know my my, my time is up but go save another dog and I'm going to give you guys Holly and it was just beautiful but uh, I want to just quick little shout out to the to the man behind this mic unapologetically John he's the one we got to give props to him he's the one who who got Otis for us it was we felt like we were there forever. And like John was saying, I mean, he thought, you know, you thought we were going to just give up. Like, yo, one, of, one point, of these two going to give up. One, I didn't think you were. Yeah. I was like, in my mind, though. We also were so in our head because we've seen every scenario that's gone wrong. Yeah. And John's like, just grab him. We're like, we don't want to traumatize him. We don't want to traumatize yeah. him. And John never so we being on a, on a rescue yeah. run in his life, bro, you grab you grab the slip leash <laughs> and rent like wrangled him and got him for us yeah and it, it was wasn't for you i don't know if we're if i even had it in me to, to yeah. get him i was just so mentally yeah. exhausted and defeated totally. that like i didn't know i could do it and you did it and you saved him for us to give him that taste of a good life so i want to thank you for being a part of our mission and you know helping save otis for us man like oh that was beautiful and well, being like our mental guide through a lot of the shit we went through yeah like, man well, i tried i needed really some of it myself too you helped talk us through a lot of shit you know so 
No, I appreciate that. And we, and you know, we had a ton of fun. And with Otis, like I truly just sensed the energy there. Like I didn't bring in a path of rescue. I just looked at him and I said, you know what? Like I can put this rope around his neck. But Brittany, I had one last question for you. And when I say rope around his neck, I mean, I gently lassoed Otis. I got a rope on him. We got him wrangled up and we got him in the car and we got him to safety. And that felt great. And uh, I totally agree. Being led to the next dog, amazing. But for Brady, in closing, I think what's so amazing is my understanding is that when you put Otis down, that was one of your first times being part of like actually euthanizing a dog. Now, you've been a part of like dog rescue for a long time. So when I actually heard that, I found that I was like a little shocked. I'm like, wow, like the death of dogs isn't really, I'm not going to say celebrated, but we can celebrate the life of these dogs rather than mourn death. What was that experience like for you in closing, just being there and physically watching, you know, Otis leave this world? Dude, it was honestly like going on, you know, Alex and I going on so many rescue missions on different parts of the world and seeing lots of crazy things. But, you know, that was probably one of the toughest moments for me personally. Uh, I've never, you know, experienced a dog passing away and, and, and actually physically witnessing it. And, you know, I got two dogs of my own and that's all I could think about. Like, man, like this is going to be my two dogs one day and, and being there with Otis. And, and I just, Alex and I kept saying, like, I just wish we would have got to him sooner, man. Like, I really wish we would have saved him sooner where he could have had at least a, a solid year of, of a taste of the good life. But I mean, you still got to celebrate the small victories. And at least he had, you know, a solid week of, you know, lots of love and, 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 and just good care. But I mean, being in there in the vet room when they put him down, and I just remember, you know, having my, my hand under his head. And, and once I felt his head just drop to my yeah. hand and just dead weight, dude, I, I started bawling, man. Like that was just a very, you know, emotional time for me and me and Alex. And I'm grateful to have her by my side to be my backbone and support system through it because it's hard, man. Like when you don't know like what someone else goes through and, and how to support them. And Alex, you know, she knows what we go through and she's able to be there for me. But that was one of the craziest times of this whole animal rescue journey that we're on. And, um, but, you know, like I said, he got to celebrate the small victories. And, you know, right after that, we were able to, you know, rescue Holly. And one dog goes and another dog comes in. No, totally. And and that's, it's just, a, it's a true part of the process. And I feel like on a show like this, where we want to be unapologetic, we got to talk about the, the difficult times too. And, and death can be a difficult subject for many. But Otis, rest in peace. Uh, forever in the land of, uh, land of Bali. If I was to have my ashes spread anywhere, I, I don't think you could have picked a better place, my friend. So you're in Bali dog heaven. And we are about to be in heaven because we're in bliss right now at about 50 minutes here in the hot sauna. Damn. I want to thank Alex. 48 Alex, minutes, 48 right minutes. Now, That's insane. Wow. I, I guess in closing, I know the last thing that people want to know, Brady, is can we expect uh, a third grade cup in four years? What are your honest thoughts this year about the team and wh where you see your guys self in November? John Bloomberg, sports analyst, TJLB 68. Dude, definitely another great cup. Our yeah. squad is, man, our receiving core is nasty this year. Oh. Have the best quarterback in the league. Our offensive line is just a bunch of hogs, just yeah. nasty. Um we're stacked, man. Our defense is loaded. It's going to be a good year. I'm really excited. Like I said, training camp is about 39 days away. I think the home opener is like 55 days away. So it's right around the corner, and I'm, I'm really excited. I've put a lot of hard work into this offseason. I'm ready to just see it all 
Flourish on the field, man. I'm ready. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, you know what it's like to be a dog. You're running between the lines. You're playing in the trenches, you know, getting dirty. And one thing I encourage True Bomber fans to watch this year is as the offense starts to click on both ends, both passing and rushing, with this new receiver core, we got a strong O-line. But watch big number 20 block those linebackers coming in off the edge because there's a lot more to it than just running that football. And I know we know you can catch it, but one thing I truly, and I've said this to Brady, I admire about his game, his ability to pick up the pass block, because you're not seeing that on a sports card. They don't talk about it much on TSN. It's not a sexy stat, but, you know, in terms of completing passes a quarterback, when you got a strong running back picking up blitzes and extra men off the line, it gives a quarterback confidence. He can step up in the pocket, get composed, and then he's got some targets out there this year, I'll tell you. I mean, he's not short of targets, especially with the signing of big Kenny Lawler, so... Let's go. Let's go. Okay, great cup coming back. Alex, thank you so much. Thank We're you. signing off before we pass out. This is Unapologetically John saying good night, Winnipeg, and wherever you're tuning in from. Ciao for now.